Hello, friends and fellow adventurers. Welcome to the MinMaxed Podcast. We want to thank you for joining us, and you do so as we continue the Extinction Curse. As always, we'd like to invite you to come join our Discord, where you can hang out with us and other listeners of the show. And if you'd like to throw a little financial support our way, you can check out our Patreon. And a shout-out to all of those at our big number level and above. Wolf, Rock Jedi, Blardimus Slump, Thunder Mammoth, Elisa Ellie, Das Chris, Fizzgig, AC Goldner, Jason K, Dicky Lopez, Carnifex, Alex K, Mordine, Doma El Laca, Dr. Grinis, Forevermore, Frank L, Just Mike Works, Ross D, Treehugger, Darren W., Gold Rhino, Indie Link, and Tawdry Monster. And a shout out to new patron this week, Hooch God. Thank you all so much for your support. And now a recap of Session 87. We've entered into some sea caves underneath the town of Willowside in search of the lost Banyan Boys. As we continue down, everything gets very wet and oppressive. We find a big pool room with some bones at the other end. The wizard then recognizes an interesting creature and has a conversation with it in a language nobody else understands. Despite this casual, friendly conversation, the monster bees all monstery and tries to eat us. The creature makes the walls grow mouths and eyes. It's pretty terrifying, but Moonlight is more terrifying. At one point, Jeb turns part of the rocky monster to flesh. It is defeated. We continue on and find a secret passage to bypass a room full of zombie things. From there, we come to a door with weird light creatures behind it. Beach Pie kicks it down, and we burst in. And the door unleashes this radiant, blinding aura of light that is going to require everybody to give me a fortitude save. Even me from way back here? Even you from way back there. A wizard gets a 41. You succeed. Is this a spell or magical effect? It has the arcane trait, so yes. I think I'm the lowest out of like everybody with a 37. <laughs> Peachbot gets a legendary 42. Is that your first legendary uh, fortitude save? First one. It's got to feel pretty good. Legendary. 35. So everyone succeeds on the fortitude saves. You are not blinded, and you are actually temporarily immune for the next 24 hours to this particular aura. Top of round one. One of these creatures who is standing against the wall at the back, looking at this drawing, it turns around, and when it does, those two eyes and wide-open mouth are just spilling light out of it. With its first two actions, casts a spell. Recognize spell? Use the reaction for that? Yeah. Go ahead and give me an arcana check. Fucking that one. I don't know shit. Nope. It's not a spell I would just know, right? If it was a spell you knew, you would just know? It's a common spell of second level or lower. I automatically identify it. Wait, the highest level of spell you can automatically identify increases to 4 if you're expert, 6 if you're master, and 10 if you're legendary. You said arcana? Yeah. 6. Common spells up to level 6, I automatically know. Don't know. Okay. Although that's a really cool rule. It actually fires a ray of light at Peach Pie. Peach Pie does a 37 hit. It does. The ray deals you 29 points of fire damage. That leads us up to the wizard. It's your turn. I would like to know what they are. I'm going to attempt to recall knowledge on them. I want to use two actions. Uh, single action recall knowledge. 
occultism check on this one. Okay. I get a nat one. They really don't want you to know what this thing is. And I really want to know what it is. That's, that's, I'm tempted to hero point it, but at the same time, why the fuck do I want to waste a hero point? I'm, I'm hero pointing it. I don't like it. I want to know what it is. <laughs> I'm wasting it. Yes! 39. Tell me what it is. I want to know. Alright. <laughs> Ted slash the wizard just wants to know so badly. That's all Ted. Ted just won't know. I guess the wizard would probably want to know too, but it was mostly Ted. Ted As you pointed out on numerous occasions, all of your characters are just Ted. Yeah. (laughs) So this creature is called a Shining Child. It's a creature that has the astral trait. These astral creatures are native to the astral plane, and can survive the basic environmental effects of the astral plane. They search different places along the world and and through different planes for esoteric knowledge. It's kind of just a craving that they have. Then why are they attacking us? Yeah, I don't have I don't have an answer for you. I, I mean, aside from the fact that they're they're they they're chaotic evil. Well, I mean, they're chaotic evil. That's I guess enough. <laughs> I suppose that is kind of answer enough, yeah. They're in the process of obtaining knowledge right now, and you are directly interrupting them. So, yeah, I might uh, really actually piss them off, so. Opening a door is not directly interrupting them. <laughs> Just interrupting them. But we are definitely interrupting them. Yeah. That being said, the, the recall knowledge was a success. You know it's an astral being. What other information do you want? Immunities. It is immune to the blinded condition, the dazzled condition, and fire. Oh. Good to know, because I was planning on color spraying and fireballing them, so not doing either of those. (laughs) Uh, There goes the whiz's turn. (laughs) There goes most of what I have left for spells. Um, I do have one other thing I could do. You know they are absolutely spellcasters, but you also know that they are dependent on their light. Moonlight should be a bath on that. Darkness, here we come. Do I get one more bit of info? You gave me immunities. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you one more. Languages? Aklo. They also can telepathically communicate within a certain distance. Kill them! Why are you guys attacking us? I say an Aklo, or ask an Aklo. This knowledge is ours. You can't take it from us. We're not trying to take any knowledge. Why would you come in here? To see what was in here. I saw bright lights. We are bright. Yes. Our knowledge. It is ours. That's selfish. Knowledge should be shared. No. We're moving on. I want to kill him, though. I don't have anything else to do, though. Like I said, they kind of ruled out everything I was planning on doing. And the wizard doesn't have to tell anybody that you had that conversation either. It's not really really a conversation worth sharing. They're growling at each other, essentially. Party's really used to this at this point. Yep, there goes the wizard making random noises at random monsters again, and they seem to be making those noises back. Bet we're still going to kill them. I mean, we typically do. Not the first time, though, with the invisible stalker. Way back in the first hour. I'm assuming you tell us they don't like dark, or they they like their light, or something. Or yeah, I would have said that too. Moonlight, yeah, yeah. I really don't have shit to do. Um, 
I'm not doing great on spells. I don't really want to burn any of my bonded items yet. I think I'm just going to throw a cantrip at him. I can see two of them. I'm just going to electric arc the two of them. So reflex saves. Okay, so a failure and a critical fail. One fail and one critical failure. On what spell? Uh, electric arc. So I rolled 18 damage on my 7d4 plus 5. 18 damage to number 2 and 36 damage to number 3. After the wizard zaps two of the shining children, Peach Pie, it's your turn. Alright, well, rage, sudden charge in, I guess. Is this difficult terrain, this water? No, it's not that deep. I get to the northwest of uh, Shining Child number two, kind of up close to number three as well, and hopefully setting up some flanking for Jeb. And uh, we'll take a swing, and we'll get a 29 to hit. A 29 will miss. Miss. Done. Then after Peach Pie, Jebediah, it's your turn. I run up in the room that I see Peach Pie going to and see the flanking opportunity and take it with a sudden charge. And I strike with a 34. Slice. Hit. Get him. Get him. Get him. I get him. Deal some damage. 23, looks like. Alright, 23 damage. It takes all of it. A second attack. Are these things standing? They are. Or floating. Okay. Just gotta make sure my Toloric power works. Toloric power? Yeah, I think I talked about it last time when I leveled. If something's standing on the same surface as me, I deal extra damage. Yeah, yeah, this would count for that. I deal some more damage, and this time I hit for 30. Ooh, 30 damage. Jeb coming up and laying into this one right away. That's all I got. Good thing Peach Pie set up that flanking. It worked out swimmingly. Then after Jebediah, it is the shining child that's on the west end of the room, not in range or within reach, I should say, of Peach Pie or Jebediah. Wizard and Moonlight are still outside of the room. So this one is going to cast a spell... It casts a 7th level Sunburst. And I need a reflex save from Peach Pie, Jebediah, the Wizard, and Moonlight. As this is a spell with a 50-foot burst. Bad. Jeb will get a 40, but it's a critical success because it's a nat 20. Jeb does get a critical success. You will not take any damage from this spell. Moonlight also gets a 40, but it is not a natural 20. Not a nat 20. That is a regular success. You will take half damage from this spell. And then uh, Peach Pie got bad, but you didn't get critical failure bad. And the Wiz got a 34. And a 34 is a success. So Wizard... Moonlight, half damage. Jeb, no damage. Beach Pie, you will take full damage. 35 damage is the total. But hey, we know what that spell is. Yeah. Everybody's seen it. Well, then after that, for its third action, it's going to step a little closer to its ally. And that's going to take us over to Moonlight. It's your turn. I know that they can probably just cancel this with spells like that, but... We're just going to cast a darkness in this room. 20-foot burst, covering basically the whole room. Three actions. 
Darkness falls over the room and these shining children, the light that's emanating from them pushes outward against the darkness as it tries to close in on them. All three of them are going to use a reaction called Overwhelming Light, where when a shining child enters an area of magical darkness, it attempts to counteract the magical darkness. Well, that's not going to be very hard. What level is yours? Level two. Yeah, unless they, unless all three of them roll ones, there's no way for at least one of them to counteract it. And none of them roll a one. So as the darkness tries to shut in around them, their light bursts through it and it is dispelled and the darkness goes away. Oh, that was three actions well spent. Well, then after that, that's going to take us over to the Shining Child who's currently being flanked by both Jebediah and Peach Pie. With their first action, they are going to punch at Jebediah. I have been critically struck. It's as a net 20. I will use my Dwarven Agility ability to bring that down to just a normal success. (laughs) Dwarven Agility. (laughs) No? Okay. Uh, Alright, Jeb, the critical hit here, you're going to take persistent damage, persistent fire damage, as well as the bludgeoning damage here. So you're going to take a total of 57 points. The persistent damage is going to be pretty difficult to hurt me, With the yeah, 2d4, it's a good point. With its second action, it's actually going to stride away from Jebediah and Peach Pie. Tax of opportunity, people. Let's take them. Let's do it. And we still got our flanking, then, right? You would it, have your flanking it as right it's, away. Yeah, exactly. Prepare to die. JK number two. I get a 45. Oh, make up for me, missing. Hey, Tyler, move that motherfucker back there because he gets knocked down. Oh, shit. Critical hit. And then he gets up again. Critical hit. 66 damage. Knock him down. Damn. All right. Well, then instead of moving with its second action, it gets knocked prone. And Peach Pie deals him 66 points of damage. Well, that completely ruins what he was going to do. He looks up at Peach Pie and fires a ray of fire from its mouth hole at Peach Pie. Gets a 33 to hit. Miss. And that's going to be its turn. 33 misses you? We up to 34, bitches. Yeah, because I got master in uh, armor. Or expert. Expert. I moved up to the next level in expert in armor this level. Even while raging? Yep. All right. That's going to take us back up to the top of round two. We've got the very first shining child that went. And this one is going to do something very similar to what his friend just did. He's also going to just cast sunburst right in the middle of the room. So I'm going to need reflex saves from everybody. Jesus Christ. Two of us critically failed. I think I'll take my action point and re-roll that. I think I'm using my action point. (laughs) Two ones. Oh, that was on an 18. Go fuck yourself. 27. Make that a 32. Peach, Fire, and Moonlight both rolled ones to start off with. On the hero point usage for the re-rolls, we still get failures from both of them. But not critical failures. Not critical failures. That's correct. So that means Jeb, Peach Pie, Moonlight, Fail, Wizard succeeds with a 41. Go, Wizard! 
52 points of fire damage to everyone. Half that to the wizard. And with his third action, fire array at the wizard. Because it has the action. I think it's a 22 to hit, but... Fuck you. (laughs) Speak of the devil. Wizard, it's your turn. I want to be a dick and eclipse burst the room, but it's such a dick move. I'd kick you out of the circus. Yeah, you see that none of them are doing any damage to each other when they nuke the room like that. It's just dealing damage to y'all. Yeah, the Eclipse Burst is negative. It's going to hurt everybody and do negative damage to everybody and probably kill Moonlight and Jeb. You're going to do 97 damage to me with AT-10? AT-10, AT-4. Oh, God. Yeah, Moonlight has 35 hit points left. Jeb has... No. No, don't do it. Do it, bitch. See what happens. (laughs) I will do the good old electric arc. Number two and number three, the ones I can see. They both fail with a 31 and a 23, respectively. 7d4 plus 5, uh, 26 damage. 26 zap. I should ask third action. Smoke my pipe. <laughs> All right. Peach Pie, it's your turn. Alrighty. Um, I'm just going to attack this guy that's on the ground right in front of me. I see no reason not to. You get a 32 to hit. A 32 hits. Smack. I deal him 47 damage. That's a big hit. He's not looking great. And I swing again. 35 to hit. That is also a hit. Boom. Kill him. Yeah, you do. He didn't have much health left. You smash him against the wall, and his light flickers out. And I move to the southwest a little bit and get right in between the two remaining enemies. Well, after taking one of them out... That takes us over to Jeb. It's your turn. Unfortunately, I have no idea what's going on with Moonlight, so I will probably just continue to attack. I will. I mean, I'm going to say sudden charge, but it's really just a move and an attack. But flanking with Peach Pie once again, and I will swing and get a 30 to hit. A 30 will miss. And in the same motion of swinging, I'll bite at my axe and eat a mushroom off of it. Oh, gotcha. Well, then after Jebediah moves in, you're going to take some fire damage from the uh, shiny child that punched you earlier. Take a whole damage. One point of fire damage after your fire resistance. And the nine you've got to recover isn't going to take the fire away. You continue to burn. I'd say I attempt to mildly be warm. <laughs> That's going to take us over to one of the uh, the other shining child here. It's going to use its first action to step into flanking with its buddy, our flanking Peach Pie here, and it is going to make a melee attack, like a swing of its fist, and gets a t- 39 to hit. That will hit. Peach Pie, you're going to take... 22 points of bludgeoning and fire damage. Right. You also now have that persistent fire damage on you. It's going to swing a second time with its fist, with a second attack with its fist against Peach Pie, although a 29 will not hit. Well, then that's going to take us over to Moonlight. It's your turn. All right, Moonlight is going to move up and cast a spell... At Shining Child number one. Need a will save. 
We get a 32 on the will save. This was hideous laughter. Success is it can't use reactions. And that's my turn. Shining Child number three will use its first action to step around Peach Pie and Jeb to kind of step out of flanking between those two. And die? Yes, I do take my attack of opportunity. I crit. Jesus. Get the fuck back there. <laughs> fuck. Get wrecked. So, yeah. Yeah, I crit it and knock it down. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> well, it's prone again. So yeah, both both Jeb and Peach Pie stop this one in its tracks. That was just its first action. Damn, all that damage and it didn't kill it, huh? No, it didn't. How does Moonlight not run away yet? But Moonlight doesn't run away. Moonlight not run away? They're the leader of the circus. They wouldn't leave us behind. But you're so hurt. Yes, yes they are. <laughs> so that one, after getting its ass knocked down, looks over it at its companion for just a fleeting moment and then casts a spell and disappears. Wizard, did they just go invisible or do something else? Use your reaction to figure that out. Yeah. Was it invisibility? It cast Dimension Door. Oh, so it's not even in this room anymore. Fuck. Nope. It pieced the fuck out. Also, Moonlight, you would be able to tell with your spirit sight. It does technically have a soul. It is not just invisible. It is gone. Huh. Okay. Which takes us over to the wizard. There's one of these things remaining. It looks very healthy. Actually, it hasn't been touched yet. Uh, the wizard will walk in the room and... No, he won't. I have line of sight on it. I can see it. From outside the room? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I cast a... A cantrip at it. I just don't know which one. Uh, I guess I'll just hit with the electric arc. It's working fine against the other ones. We'll probably work fine against this one. Reflex save. It gets, uh, well, nat 20. It doesn't okay. work fine. It takes no damage. Yep. Peach pie. I'm going to walk around to the other side of it. I'm going to swing at it. And I get a not hit. And I swing again. And I get a not hit. I'm done. Not great on the rolls there. You will take some persistent fire damage, though, Peach Pie. Take four points of fire damage. And then I shrug it off with a 17 on my flat check. Yeah, that'll do it. Peach Pie, you're no longer on fire. Jebediah, it is your turn. I will eat another mushroom. As well as I see Moonlight now, and I don't like how damaged they are. But heal for 68. Jeb heals over a hundred hit points between him and Moonlight. Hit me with that persistent. Which is going to be none. You're still on fire for some reason, but you don't take any fire damage. I'm just going to keep it on. Just have like a fire aura at all times. Jeb's just yeah. Jeb's just going to walk around on fire all the time. That's <laughs> fucking badass. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, what, you're, you're taking 2d4 fire damage and... Wait, doesn't your fire resistance increase to 7 too? I don't think that says anything more wrong. No. That's going to take us over to the uh, Shining Child, and it flies 25 feet straight in the air. Peach Pie, you already took your attack of opportunity, didn't you? No, you had your turn. Not since his turn. That's right. So it flies straight up. I knock it down. Get that crit. No, I miss. 
Okay, attack of opportunity miss from Peach Pie. It flies straight up 25 feet, and then it casts a spell. Wiz, you want to try to identify it, or no? It is not an automatic identify. Oh, wait. Nope. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Totally automatic identification. It's casting Wall of Force. And it actually puts up an invisible wall of force just beneath its feet after it flies 20 feet up. 25 feet up. Then falls down to a rest on the wall of force just over your heads. That's its turn. Is that how wall of force works? Isn't it just a straight line with the wall of force? I think it needs to be connected to something. I mean, it would be a straight line from one wall to the other, just underneath it. Oh, that's fine. Invisible wall of pure magical force up to 50 feet long and up to 20 feet high. Huh. Has no discernible thickness. You must create a wall in an unbroken space so that its edges don't pass through any creatures or object, which it doesn't. Yeah, everything works in that. Okay. Moonlight turns, kind of winks at Wizard for now. Moves, like, right underneath where this guy is and casts Collective Transposition and moves Peach Pie and Jebediah right in flanking on it. (laughs) (laughs) On top of the wall. (laughs) Uh, Tries to get some distance between the melee and Moonlight just puts them right back where they were. Actually, in better position than they were. (laughs) Yeah. Good God. Okay. (laughs) The 30-foot emanation, so I can hit all of that. But yeah, as we pointed out earlier, it like dims. I mean, it doesn't actually go into darkness, but it does dim. All right. Well, tactical advantage promptly removed. And uh, Moonlight, take a hero point for that. I will do that. Which takes us up to the top of round four. Wizard, it's your turn. There's a wall of force between me and it. I mean... I would say if you're trying to hit it with, like, a ranged spell attack or something of that nature, it would have lesser cover. Because it's 20 feet in the air and in the middle of this 20-foot-wide bridge wall of force up here. Yeah. And if you use Disintegrate to destroy it, I'd be super annoyed that I just wasted a spell. <laughs> no, I'm not going to waste that. No. <laughs> For 10 points of falling damage on all three of them. Just going to move into a better position and Ray Frost it. I just don't have anything else that would reach that far. Missed with a 33. 33 will miss. That takes over to the two newly positioned melee flanking buddies, Peach Pie. You go first. A smack. A miss. Bad smack. A smack again. A hit. Smack real good. 32 damage. And I believe with my third action, I am going to battle medicine. Setting the DC to 20. Ridding. I'm done. And technically to do that, you had to release your weapon with one hand? That's true. That's a good point. I try to remember that. I don't always. Okay. So Peach Pie just has one hand on his mallet right now. That is correct. All right. After Peach Pie bandages himself up a little bit, that takes us over to Jebediah. It's your turn. Okay. 32. That hits. I got to take off three damage. When you're flanking. 27. Damage. He takes it. 31 to hit. Also hits. 28 damage. 28. We'll just keep going. Swing away. Just Jesus. swing away. Still only wounded? Minus nothing. I don't get it. Why are you doing minus three damage? Because I'm no longer on the ground, just touching the same ground as him. 
Oh. I have it built in to do it all the time because it's yeah, it's gonna normally be the case. Normally, right. it's been, you're on the same platform as he is. It needs to be ground. Oh, it has to be like it's like dirt yeah, rocks. It, dirt, yeah. dirt or rock. Got it. Yeah, dwarven things. Yeah, I dwarf dwarves. Dwarves like ground. Jeb's gonna burn nonchalantly for what would be five, but is reduced down to zero damage. And uh, what'd you get to? On the flat check to for the removing persistent 18. damage. That'll do it. Jeb is no longer on fire. Well, that's going to take us over to the very startled Shining Child. Thought it was getting some tactical advantage by getting some height from you two, but it didn't. So instead, it's going to use its first action to fly north, which will provoke from both Jeb and Peach Pie. Attack it. I'm going to knock it down again. Get over here. Good God. (laughs) You did it again. (laughs) I did it again. A 40 hits and a 45 is a critical hit. And as the shining child attempts to fly away, Peach Boy just fucking knocks it down on its ass. And even makes a little sound as it gets the wind knocked out of it. And hits the wall of force bridge that it created. Jebediah, I want you to cut off its head and then I'm going to carry it around as a lantern. Nice, dude. <laughs> because of the light coming out of the eyes and the mouth. <laughs> How great would that be? Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, with its second and its third action, it casts the wizard would be able to identify Dimension Door. And it fucking runs away. Bye. Gone. A wave as it's casting the spell. <laughs> it gives you the finger. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking rude, man. <laughs> so did they both do the same thing? They got knocked down by Peach Pie with their first action and then just noped out with Dimension Door. Yeah, they they nope out of there when they hit a certain HP threshold. It just so happened with the two that you didn't kill, you knocked it down into that HP threshold. I hate it when they run away because I never know if that means they're coming back or... <laughs> <laughs> At the end of this place, we're just going to have one rock to fight, two of these things. Uh, <laughs> they're all going to pop in at once, coming back to seek revenge. We've been friends the whole time. <laughs> Randy over here. Randy the Rock. Ran- <laughs> Randy the Rock took care of my grandmother for a week while I was out of town. <laughs> at what point do you guys start to question if I'm starting these fights? Yeah, because we, we don't know what you're saying. <laughs> You guys have no fucking clue. <laughs> I should start some fights. <laughs> just, to, just to give it a shot. Just be a dick to whatever the next monster is you talk to and we won't know any better. Tyler, put, put me up against some friendly shit. Let me make it pissed off real quick. The, the fact that you even wanted to go into that room tells me you started the fight. <laughs> you could have easily just walked right on by. There's cool glowy shit. Just could have kept on going. I mean, there was like a magic, magical presence and light coming through that was like... I had to go check I mean, out. which makes sense to the whiz. Moonlight's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so, after defeating the Shining Children, as they are called, you're standing in a room. The walls of this irregular chamber are covered with small carvings. And you really get a chance to, now that, you know, those things are gone, that... The shape that it's making is this immense bearded dragon, and every single one of the little carvings is either a name 
or like a creature identifier. Like occasionally you'll see you'll see bits where there's a couple of animals that are listed in here. There's some human names and it's followed with a, with a date. And all the carvings are arranged in a way that it's creating this large bearded lizard. All you hear is just the sound of the lapping water on the cave walls and you feel the immense pressure of what feels like the ocean on top of you. What do you do? Leave this room? If I step out of this room, do I still feel that pressure? It's the same pressure you've felt the entire time while down here. It's pervasive throughout the chamber. Every chamber. Okay, I want to take a few minutes and heal up a little bit. I'm, I'm a little down. I'd like to search the room. I didn't roll very good, though. You don't find anything of any physical significance aside from the painting. There's a lot of ritual, a lot of pomp and circumstance that goes along in this, a lot of occult aura about it, but it's incomplete. Aside from that, you don't find anything of value in the room. Alright, I should be good after 30 minutes. And in 30 minutes, if you close yourselves in this room, nothing really happens. You might be feeling a little confined, especially shut in here with this creepy outline of a Bokrug, the wizard knows. I find it cute. What a cute bearded lizard. Yeah, adorbs. I I guess Moonlight just paces in the room waiting like these people could be dying in another room and we're just sitting here. We're hurt. The, the wizard was bleeding. He had a scratch. <laughs> Remember what happened last time we went into a room thinking we were going to be fine and not full on HP and shit. <laughs> Uh, did these enemies have anything on them? They did not, no. Did anybody else want to search the room before we leave? No, I don't give a shit. I'm not going to metagame it just because the wizard got a bad check. I leave the room. As you walk outside, you go back into that, uh, what seems to be that sacrifice preparation chamber that you crossed before. And it continues on to the north, up out of the water at what seemed to be an intersection. You see behind you the path that you could have taken if it weren't collapsed and caved in. This this is the other side of that cave-in that you see. Further east, it looks like you go up farther into another room. It's hard to see exactly what's in there. But if you were to attempt to move forward, everybody give me a perception check. Bad. Natural one. 32. You see another chalk arrow drawn on a cave wall on the wall just to your left here. Okay. Which way is it pointing? Pointing back the direction you just came. Where was the last one we saw? It was like over here pointing back. Correct. This way, right? Pointing back towards the entrance. That's correct. Okay. Which kind of told us that they went through this hallway that was crumbled. I feel like we need to go east first and check out whatever's on these stairs. See if it connects back. I don't want something coming up behind us. There are a short set of uh, six stairs cut into the stone, raised up as you walk up into this chamber. The room has a completely dry floor. There is that dampness that still permeates the air, but you see why. There are high shelves stacked with books and parchment fill the edges of the room, and carvings of lizards decorate the walls. Moonlight, as you walk into this room, you notice on the floor barely visible runes that mark a ring 30 feet in diameter in the middle. Peach Pie, don't go too far. There's some sort of 
runes in the center of the room. I stop moving forward. I'll point. I'll point them out so that the wizard can see them. Can I read them? Yeah, you can see them, wizard. Do I know what language they're in? They are in magic. <laughs> yeah, they're in magic. Go ahead and give me a occultism check. Uh, that should add two. I take twice as long. Uh, twenty-seven. I mean, if I guess it's occultism, I'll look at it. I get a twenty-one. Of course, they're all shitty. Yeah, there are, there are a lot of runes in here that, that don't seem necessarily tied to language, or at least not a language that you're fully aware of. You're not entirely certain what it says, but the application of the runes is consistent with a pretty typical summoning circle. Yep, that makes sense. I see books. Lots of books. Uh, the wizard loves books and is just going to go start looking at the books and see what kind of books they are. There are piles of books that are magically protected against water damage. Most of these books, however, are swollen and old and they're falling apart. It's in an environment that's difficult for books to just sit without some type of protection. Yeah. So you do find a couple of books that have that, that magical protection. And they all seem to be about Bulkrug. Who or what was Bulkrug again? That was the water demon thing, right? Yep, from the dreams. Bulkrug, also referred to as the water lizard, is the great old one of revenge, storms, and water. A relatively benign great old one, Bulkrug prefers to enjoy being worshipped and has little desire to destroy others except when he is angered or needs to avenge himself or his worshippers. Nice. Uh, I did make a perception check of a 31. Is there anything that stands out to me in particular? Any other types of books that are magic protected other than the Bullcrow ones? No. Nothing? Nothing like that. However, you do find two iron flasks that are shaped like Bullcrow and are being used as paperweights on top of one of the bookshelves. They're valuable. They'll have some sort of liquid inside of them. Oh, nice. I toss them to Peach Pie. I take them. I'll check them out later. Sounds good. The Bokrug books, Wizard, think you could get 250 gold out of a collector for them. Yeah, I take them all. Up the sleeves. Uh, probably in one of the bags. It sounds like a lot of books. And books are heavy. Books are heavy. Maybe sleeve a couple of the more interesting ones, bag the rest. I might research those books and read through them too later in some, some downtime. Don't go mad. Yeah, start making them will saves. The whiz go yeah. mad? <laughs> Reading about some great old ones. He'd forget about it. Aside from the library, which the wizard nerds out about for a little bit there, there isn't anything explicitly dangerous in this room considering that you noticed the summoning runes on the floor and avoided them. Wizard, how long do you think you nerd out about the uh, library stuff? As long as I can get. Yeah, I'll, I'll read and look at shit until you guys tell me to leave. I'm going to take ten minutes and heal Moonlight. Moonlight, heal twenty. Twenty? Like most of the damage. Your health is just so low. Doesn't take it much. It makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you have such little health. Yes, I do. Well, after a little triage, a little book nerding, what do you do next? Continue on. So if you're going to continue on, you're going to return back to the intersection. Yep. 
where all of those previous paths converge into one spot. And in this chamber is a large cavern with a deep, dark pool. A few inches of water cover the rest of the cavern floor, but the edge of the pool is clearly marked by the small benches that surround it. Iconography of scales and teeth are carved into the room's walls. A large, water-swollen door leads north. I step a little closer. Do I see any signs of the banyans, like any more chalk or remnants of battle or anything in here? Oh, yeah, that's what we're here. Give me a perception check. 31. Not that you see. You don't see anything that would that would indicate like the chalk marks on the on the cavern walls. However, but there was one right here, so there's got. I mean, this is the only way that yeah, they could have right gone. There. Yeah, one right there that's pointing back this. Direction. It looks like there's something this way still, right? Yes, there is a door that leads north. I'm gonna skirt around the side of this water. Rest of you motherfuckers better get in here. Peach pie, as you get farther up. You feel your feet vibrate slightly underneath you. That actually sounds kind of nice. It's not. (laughs) My feet are vibrating. The cavern floor starts giving Peach Pie a shiatsu. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lay lay down and give you a back massage. (laughs) Uh, I continue... Peach Pie continues on. Where's everybody at where Peach Pie is, as Peach Pie is skirting along the edge of this cavern, staying as dry as he can? There's a small shore along the edge that's about a foot wide. W- waiting for the Kraken to appear. That's what Moonlight's yeah, doing. to pop out of that <laughs> fucking deep pool in the middle. <laughs> you, you got this, Peach Pie. <laughs> what? So as Peach Pie starts treading through the water... After he reaches the north wall, begins sidling to the door, the rumble returns. This time, it shakes the room. What erupts and emerges from the deep pool is this sleek, worm-like creature that's just gigantic in size, and its head lurches down to face you, and its maw opens in two places as a jaw detaches and teeth all the way. And this gargantuan worm. Okay, that's pretty fucking sick. I think they would have been better served not having anything in this room, just because it's like, it's too cliche (laughs) (laughs) to have something in the pit. (laughs) Now I'm going to make the creature visible. Just so you can get an idea for its sheer size. That's a four by four creature. It looks at Peach Pie, and it doesn't like roar or anything. And then it looks over at the the other three, and it looks back to Peach Pie. Jeb, give me a nature check. Loves you. Forty two. Jeb, this creature isn't a, being aggressive right now. As absolutely enormous as it is. You get a good 25 feet of this, like, worm creature coming from this pool, and it's huge. And it looks like it could just absolutely gulp any one of you up with no issues whatsoever. But it's just waiting. You think it might be hungry. I'm going to use a first of... It's like a dog begging for food at the table. It's got that vibe about it. 
Okay, with my nature check, do I know what it would eat? What is it? This is something called an azure worm. This is a gargantuan animal. This is an amphibious worm that can burrow un- underground and swim in the oceans. Although they are absolute titans in any environment that they reside in, they are the top of most food chains. Apex. Apex, thank you. Apex predators. It is still just an animal. You mean it's not a beast? It has the animal trait, yes. So why doesn't it want to eat us? Like, what do I know that? It doesn't It doesn't look like it's waiting to eat you. you. You feel like it's waiting for you to give it food. Do I know what it wants to eat? Tummy zombies. <laughs> <laughs> zombies. Because I know where I can get a few of those. Kite some zombies. <laughs> it doesn't really say anything about what it eats. But I can imagine that it's it's a worm anything it can eat I doubt it eats zombies but let's try <laughs> I would imagine it would eat almost anything alright I go back to the other room and I pick up the child of light things oh their bodies while he's doing that I will do an animal empathy check with my glad hand skill I also have five bulk of worth of munchies on me. <laughs> munchies. Five bulk. Do you now? <laughs> I have five bulk of munchies. Tyler, look at my inventory. Is that even a treat to this Hold guy? On a I don't know what munchies are in this world, but I have five bulk of them. Oh my god, you even did like capital <laughs> M, lowercase u, capital N, lowercase c, <laughs> munchies. <laughs> five bulk. <laughs> Oh, Ted. <laughs> okay. Peach Pie, you're going back to grab a shining child? Yeah, fuck it. I'll go grab him, sling him over my shoulder. Just one corpse. The other two noped the fuck out of there. So while Peach Pie goes back and, and brings this thing, the creature's head bobs and follows Peach Pie, looks over everybody as Peach Pie vanishes behind them and then tilts its head down to inspect all of you. Peach Pie, when you bring back the Shining Child, what do you do? Uh, Jeb says you're hungry. Yeah. And I toss it towards it. Snaps it up out of the air and just kind of sits there and chomps on it for a bit. Is it adorable? Is it like a dog? Yeah, it absolutely. It's like a dog snap it, snatching a tree. I want him. I want him to join the circus. Is this a circus performer? Does he have a card? No, he does not. now. You better make one, Tyler. <laughs> it's Willie the Worm. It chews on the fresh corpse of the Shining Child, and then you can hear the gulp as it works its way through the worm's body, and it looks down at all of you, and then it disappears down the hole. You can take all the suddenness and right in, and the little bloop of water after he disappears and a rumble that fades. Congratulations. You got experience for that. At this point, the only thing in front of you that you can see is that swollen wooden door that exits to the north. Well, I go to it. North it is. I am curious about these stone benches. Do I see anything interesting around them, on them? Any carvings or anything? About them. No, nothing nothing specific. It almost seems as though they've been carved 
into the chamber, the more more specifically were carved in place when the chamber was carved out, you think, perhaps? Hard to say exactly. But there's no identifying markings or anything interesting on them, to be frank. Who's Frank? It's carved in there. Mm. Frank 4713. Frank was here. Okay. Who's checking the door for traps? Uh, Moonlight can. Nope. Moonlight's continuing to roll shitty. 23. It's fine. There's no traps. Door looks good. Go ahead. I open the door. Can't open it. It's swollen shut with moisture. Oh, I said it wasn't trapped. I didn't say it wasn't locked. (laughs) The doorknob turns. I make a strength check? Athletics. Athletics check? Specifically force open. Yeah! Ugh. 28. A 28 knocks the door in. Or, Peach Pie, you knock this door in. You force it open. And as you force this door open, in front of you, you see this room that's up out of the water, but it has seen some significant wear. Rows of wooden pews have rotted and decayed, as have a wooden platform and podium. The fabric on the seats has molded, and only the stone walls remain unblemished, carved with scaly textures and images of long-tailed lizards. And as the, the noise of the door banging open, a large, three-legged, three-armed creature pops its head up. Looking more and more like this town, Willowside was founded on an underground cult of Bokrug, the Great Old One. Now, Great Old Ones are typically known for being pretty evil, but not all of them. What if this guy's name was actually Brokrug, and all he wants to do is be your slightly douchey friend? Puts a whole different spin on this underground water temple thing. Something tells me that's not the case, though. And we're probably just going to be fighting more horrible monsters. Find out next time as we continue The Extinction Curse. And until then, may you have many... Any great bro ventures of your own. It's your turn.